good evening, everyone. Welcome back, or for the first time today, whichever one it is. Tonight we'll continue with our series in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, we'll be looking at verses 13 through through 16 tonight of of chapter five. Um, we'll we'll just can continue to pick up and, and to build on what what Greg and Nick have already preached on throughout this time. Um, let me start us off with a word of prayer. Lord, you've you've called us. You've elected us. You you have a, a purpose laid out before our lives. You've made us unique. You've you separated us in, in so many ways, Lord. We we need to know. We need to to yearn and desire to, to know you better and and to know how it is that that we we fit into your your great plan. What it is that that you've called us to. And and I just pray that through through this series, through through us looking at what what salt and and light is, that that we will see how we could could be that in, in the lives of those around us as you, as you send us out. And I pray that all these things in, in Christ's name. Amen. Um, so, so Greg started off this series about two weeks ago, um, giving an overview of the Sermon on the Mount. And, Sermon on the Mount and thank God for, for podcasts. I was sick that week. I couldn't make it. I would have loved to, to hear it in, in person. But the thing that from that that stuck out to me was was that he said that this life we live in Christ we this is what our lives can and must look like these verses this sermon as he points out a lot of things as he speaks these blessings as he gives all of these practical lessons on these different topics as I kind of like to look at the Sermon on the Mount is this lesson in, in practical holiness as something we can live out on a daily basis as these things that well well why may Nina all these things may not always be affecting our lives at the same time or these things may never touch us but he's equipping us and he's giving us the tools to, to live this out to live this life out that that he's calling us to and we see a little bit earlier than this, he, he just calls his first disciples, like right before this, at the end of chapter 4, he, he calls them. And, and even as we see in Luke, he, he begins to teach a little bit more after that. His disciples are around him, and, and this is a perfect opportunity for him to, to bring them in and start to, to teach them. For, for them to see what his ministry is going to entail, what their ministry is going to entail, what, the, what it looks like to follow God. And is it clear what, what they kind of thought of him during these, these early times? But there was something there that, that made them leave their fishing boats and, and their tax booths to follow this great or good teacher, however they may have thought of him. And we see, we don't really see Jesus giving them, them verses to remember wise. We, we don't see him giving them laws to follow and things like that, but... He's just saying, follow me, continue to follow me. And we can take that example into our lives. And he's going to break down some things and give us some warnings. He's going to give us some exhortations. He's going to encourage us in, in all these different ways. So, so whether we continue to follow him or continue not to follow him, he's going to speak on both of those things. 
And as we kind of see his, his disciples, they, they really didn't have the, the social capital to, to go anywhere. No other teachers were, were clamoring to, to make them their star pupil, pupils. As we kind of see in Acts like the Sanhedrin, as they stand before him, like they perceived that, that these were, were uneducated men. And another point to, to pick up is when he called them, they, they really weren't qualified. They weren't the right people. They didn't have the right stuff. So as we see him calling them, as we see him, as we see him calling them, it wasn't because of, of who they were or what they were doing, but it was because of his, his great plan. And we see that in these verses. And he's, he starts off, you are. He doesn't say you could be, you have the potential to be, you might be. He says, you are. There was though no posters of hope or progress or change. There wasn't an image of, of President Obama looking at them with these bold words in Helvetica, staring them right in the face that encouraged them and spurred them on. But this was God sitting before them, teaching them, telling them who they were, giving them a new identity. He was preparing them. Though they might not use these things now, though they may not perceive fully what was going on there, but he was giving them something and equipping them for their future ministry of what was to come. And we see Jesus training and teaching them here of what was pretty much wasn't fulfilled to, to Pentecost came, to the Spirit came upon them and gave them the power to, to live these things out better. And as we, as we dive, into this, dive into this section, we're, we're just going to look at what, what salt is, what light is, what, what Jesus has to say about us going out and living out these things in the world. And I'll go ahead and read this for us real quick. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Um, I believe that's on page 810 of your Pew Bibles. Everybody there? You are, the, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So, why, why do I even need to continue? I should be done here. Be salt, be light, glorify your Father in heaven. Pretty simple instructions, right? We can all kind of get that and, and grasp that. But, but what are we doing there? Are we assuming that, that we, know we know what these things mean? Are we assuming that the person next to us has the same gospel-centered worldview that, that's going to point them in the same direction that, that we are? And I'm just thankful that the Lord gives us this body, this community. He gives us preaching. He gives us teaching to bring us together, to, to be on one accord. 
And I guess a lot of times when we look at this, we look at this salt and we look at this light and, and we think we have it figured out. We, we kind of look at the salt, but a lot of times we just want to talk about being light. We, we're a light to our coworkers. We're a light to our friends. We want to be a light to our families. But what does that really look like? What is Jesus calling us to here? And then in that, if we just kind of skip the salt, then how do we be light? And I think it's really important as much as the substance is, the way he ordered it here, the salt comes before the light. And I think there's something to that that he, that he really wants us to see. So, in glorifying God, do, do we just become salty? And setting upon a hill, does that make the light brighter? Like, how do, how do all these things fit together? And we're seeing here, to glorify God, he says, and to, glorif- and to glorify God, he says, your light must shine before others. In order for your light to shine before others, it can't be hid. If, and if it's not hid, it should be set upon a hill. It should be put in a prominent place. But in order for this light to shine, there must be salt. You must be salt. Not just something that, that fades away, loses its saltiness, but he's talking about a salt with, with lasting effects, with, lasting, with a lasting savoring that we, that we get from that. And a lot of us think being, being light is easy. We can sound spiritual. We won't judge people. We can be open and affirming. And most importantly, we can be nice. And we're a light to people. And, and that's what we see a lot of times. People just want to, to be nice, and we think that's being a light to someone. So, so, what, is, so what is Salt saying right here? Like what, what's tying all this together? And as we, as we look at this first section of the Sermon on the Mount, he, he's telling us who we are, who he's calling us to be, what he's calling us to do. And as we look at the salt, we see before that he says we're to be poor in spirit, we're to be merciful, we're to be meek, we're to be peacemakers, pure in heart, hungering and, and thirsting for righteousness. So what, what I see him saying here is who we know, who we see ourselves to be will affect how we operate. It'll affect what we do. It'll affect how we think, how we talk. And that'll affect how, how we are salt and light in the world. So for us to operate it in salt and light, we have to be continually reminding ourselves of who we are, remembering Jesus is striving who we can be and who we should be as, as believers. And it can be tough. Like, we can, we can be people pleasers. We can be feeling the weight of our own sin. We can be feeling condemned. We could think that we're not quite there in our faith where, where we don't understand stand the gospel enough to be salt and light in the world. Or it could be that we just have this humongous log in our eye and, and we're always looking out like that speck in their eye is just so horrifying that, that we don't see what's going on with us. We're not aware of who we are. We, we're ignoring that. 
But but Christ steps in and says, you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And, and we just can't leave this, leave this teaching here and be like, okay, I'm salt, I'm, I'm light, I'm just going to go out and, and love people. What does that mean? How does that live itself out? What embodies that? Or do we just think these are, are too lofty a characteristic of our lives to, to attain? Do we think, well, I'll, I'll get there someday. I'll, I'll work on this other thing first, and, and then I'll work on being salt in life. I'll, I'll work on myself first before I go out and be a light to others. And so I would kind of view this as kind of like bearing fruit. We, we, have, we have love, we have kindness, gentleness, peace, patience, self-control. I can never say all of them for some reason. <laughs> but we have all these fruits that, that we, we have all these fruit that we bear. And how do we get there? Like, what does that come from? How does Paul get us to that point? And he says, walk by the Spirit. That's his way of getting to these fruit, walking by the Spirit. And to live this out, to live out our lives as being salt, we, we need to be regenerated. We need to be walking in the Spirit. We need to be, be living out and not just acting these things out. And what I mean by that is, is to live these things out, is to, is to have our hearts changed and not just our actions. To, to live them out, to, to know what it is to, to genuinely love someone, to genuinely have kindness, to genuinely want to have self-control and not just to be disciplined for a little while and, and then kind of fall away from it. But if our hearts change, that, that changes the rest of us. And as we, as we look to be salt, we, we see around us, we live in a fallen world. And, and salt serves many purposes. It can preserve, it can, it can, it can season, it can, it can do all these things. And I, I don't think Christ right here is just calling us to do one thing. He's not just calling us to, to evangelism. He's not just calling us to, to love our neighbor. He's just not calling us to, to love our brothers. He's, he's calling us to, to do all these things as we are sought. And in that, we're, 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 we begin to embody this word that he's speaking to them. So we're embodying this word. We're living by the Spirit. And we also kind of see that in, in the vision of our church where we're reaching locally and, and affecting glo- globally through the word of life. And, and I think that's just a, a cool vision for us to have. And, and I think that's just embodies the fact that, that we are to be salt in this world. And Jesus seems to, to liken light to being a, a city set upon a hill. It's like in this prominent place. You, can, you can't ignore it. You can't miss it. It's just right there in front of you. It's a beacon to all who see it. But what else is light? What do we think of when we, when we think of being light? 
is it just kind of exemplifying a few things in front of a person? Or is it more than that? Is it, how is it affecting our relationship with God? How is it coming out of that relationship? Is, our, is the life we're living giving praise to God? How does that, how does that become light? And how, and how in that, when we walk by the Spirit and the fruit being made manifest, how, how is that exemplifying light? In our small group, we've been, we've been looking at the book of Luke, and, and I think it's, it's, really, it's really telling with, with the Lord's the mission statement for, for his ministry. As he, as he points out in chapter 4, he says a few things. He says, proclaim good news to the poor. Proclaim liberty to the captive. Recover sight for the blind. Proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. And we see in these things that, he, that he's come to do something. He's making himself known. He's making himself visible before the people so that they know what he's, what he's coming for. But before that, he, he says one thing. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me. And with that, he goes into these other things. And, and not only as we look at light, is it, is it this beacon that people kind of see from afar off and, and come to? But, but with light, there has to be something else. He's, I don't think he's saying you are the light of the world. You're just kind of added to the light that was there. If he, if he was saying that, then, then why, would, why, would he, why would we need this extra light? Why would, we, why would we need more light? Why would he need us to be light? Why would he specifically say you are light and not say the world is light as well? And I think we need to look at that because in this world we live in, there, there is darkness. And not only being a weakness, but, but shedding light on that, that light piercing into the darkness even if you're in a dark room and you see like a, a tiny flicker, that's something you, you acknowledge, something you can, you can notice in a, dark, in a dark room. You can see that tiny flicker. You can see the light in contrast to that darkness. And, and it's kind of been, been our natural state since the fall of Adam. Being, being blinded to this truth of the darkness within our own hearts and in the darkness around us. And the defibrillator of God's word is we're unresponsive to that on our own. We, we have no way or no ability to respond to that. And how, and how do people get along so well in this world if we know this is the truth? Well, if you, if you aren't responsive to that, then, then you're not able to respond to that. How, you know, how do you know what you're being saved from? Is it hell? Is it an angry God? Am I being saved to follow these rules? What am I going to get out of my salvation? And we can just go on and, and on with that, with that list. And we, were, and we can continue to realize how we once walked 
and, and lived and lived in that darkness. You were once that way. I, I was once that way. For me, it was. I can do it all myself. I've been driving since I was in the second grade. I've been working ever since middle school. I mean, what do I have that that I can't just pr- provide for myself? And and God gave me a, a pretty good gut check my my freshman year of college. Um, asking myself a, a lot of hard questions, not coming up with any answers, trying to make my own explanations, those, those things not working out. And in the midst of that, hearing the gospel and, and seeing and seeing these, these believers around me who, who genuinely followed and, and loved Christ, and in that being, my mind being, being open to the truth, And John says, in him being Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. Hmm. So, this, so this light that, that pierces, pierces the darkness brings light with it. It just doesn't come to, to illuminate. It's bringing, it's bringing life. It's bringing something living with it. And with that being said, we, we need to be constantly being reminded that, that this world is broken and, and sin has severely wounded our, our minds, our, our bodies, our, our soul. But we see here that, that all is not lost. Like, you, you wouldn't break out the salt to, to preserve something that was already rotting, that was already, already gone. There's something left to preserve. There's something left to, to save. So, so for us to be, to be salt in this world, there's something left that, that God is doing, that God is working in this world. Like we're not the, just the salt of the church. We're not just the salt of our houses, but, but he calls us the salt of the earth. And he calls us the light of the world. And metaphorically, metaphorically here, he, he calls us a, a lamp. And I think in that, we, we can be ones that, that reveals the riches of God's great glory in the world and to the people around us. We have great opportunities with, with whoever it may be, coworkers, classmates, Friends, we, we have great opportunities to, to be a light into these people's lives. And, and something I, I, I thought about um, talking to a friend who, who came from the city. He was, um, he was visiting me. He was visiting the country. He was like, when I'm out here, it's a lot darker than I like. <laughs> it's a lot darker, darker than the city. It's a lot. There's no light out here when, it, when the sun goes down. And that scares me. <laughs> So, so whether you're walking down Elm Street or, or York Street, just kind of think about that. Like, when you're walking down the street, you're just kind of, it's the normal thing for us to do. Like, we're not noticing, like, the lights. We're not noticing how beautiful these DOT fixtures, how beautiful these DOT fixtures are. We're, we're just kind of walking, and we're, we're realizing that there, there's light to, to light our path. And, and hopefully we can be that to the 
in the lives of the people around us that they're they're not looking to us, but they're doing what it says right here. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So there's a summation here. To be salt, to be light. And that pushes us into these good works that are going to point other people to Christ. And I'll leave you, leave you guys with that. Lord, as we depart, as we go about our weeks, that, that we may be confronted with the, the truth of this word, to be, to be salt and, and, and light in this world and in this earth, that, that you haven't called us to a faith that, that is private and that, and that is our own, but you, call, you called us to, to live it out amongst the, the people around us. And, and I just pray that we would use that, just that with your power upon us. In Christ's name, amen. Daytime. Anybody have anything? Yeah, I think in our in our in our love for love for people, we we can't be you can't be silent on that. We yeah. Anybody else? Since I mean, we kind of 
I would say that, that there is something like separate and unique about both of those. But I think the way the way he groups them here is is because they go together. Like you have one and you have the other. Like they go they go hand in hand. I guess I would, I would put it, I mean, I've been searching for words all week to, to kind of like describe them. And, um, I would say salt is, hmm. I would say salt is a lot like, it's, it kind of like embodies the, the characteristics of, of the Beatitudes. It's kind of, it kind of like, I want to say character in a sense. It, it's kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'll, I'll just, when, I, when I have the word for it, I'll tell you. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would view, view light as, as the thing that, that that goes forth like light is the thing that that's visible and seen in our lives.
But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be be restored? I've I've kind of read that as as being like a rhetorical question. It's like in a sense, like if salt loses its saltiness, then it can't get it back. You really can't reclaim that for it. So so once it's gone, is is gone. <laughs> You had a question? Oh. Yeah, that, that, that saltiness does call us to, to be distinct. Because if, if we were, it's kind, it's kind of like, like both of these things, like if these things were, were already in existence, if they were, they were already in the world, then, then why would Christ be, be calling his, his disciples to, to embody these things and to be these things if they were already there? Jeff? Do you... What do you say when, when a person can be very modern and say, I just turn on my light when I'm at work and I turn it off when I go home again? Do you think that, that's, that there's a problem with that scripturally, even with the salt? Can salt choose when, when, it's, when it's effective and choose when it's going to be just like sand? Or what do you think about that? I wouldn't say that, that there's much of a choice there. Um, when, when he when he calls them thing, calls them these these things, he calls it, he he does it in a way that that makes it it definite a definite thing like all the time, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Like like you always be salt and light, though we may not always feel that way. We're, we're called to be that. One more, Rock. Yeah. Okay. I would say that 
that they're connected in the way that, that all these things um, embody like who we are. They, they connect in that way. So, so just as we're, we're peacemakers, just as, just as we're meek, just as we're poor in spirit, we, we are salt and we are light. Like these things are, are, what, we, are we, what we're supposed to represent and what we're supposed to be. So, in the vaults for that one. Oh, oh he, he wanted to, to know when I said like I was making my own explanation, ex, explanations and, and doing all those things before I came to Christ, came to Christ and, and how those things are kind of fleshing, those thing, fleshing out in my life now. Um, I would say that I really, really didn't have a belief in, in anything or, or any God. I mean, I grew up in, in going to church in, in the South, just as everybody else in the South does. It's kind of expected of you, but it wasn't much that I, I paid attention to or, or learned from. Um, but yeah, I would say probably my, my senior year of high school um, into my, my freshman year of college is just kind of getting all of this knowledge, learning learning all these new things, and and, and, and trying to think through those things logically and nothing really sticking, nothing really really making sense until hearing the gospel and learning what it, what it did for me. Does that, that kind of answer your question? Oh. Great. Let me do just a couple quick announcements before Antoine gives us a benediction. Uh, if you're both on the way in, there's more on the chair back there if you can get one.